and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Judy Sahe, I am really, really excited to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to this. Thank you, Jules, for having me on the show. Super excited. I've heard so you know so many great things about the show, and um, yeah, really excited to be part of it. So thank you for the opportunity. My absolute pleasure. Okay, so this is all about you. So let's start off with, do you want to tell everybody what it is that you do now, what your business is? Yeah, sure. Look, so um, I head Crowd Media. We're an award-winning digital marketing agency. Um, we help brands to build their online presence across social media. We do influencer marketing, content marketing, video marketing, a whole bunch of things. But um, mainly we're focused on helping brands to build that online presence um, across the different channels. It's pretty much in a nutshell what I we do. I was, I was- <laughs> It, yeah, and I loved meeting you. I think we met about three or four years ago, but I haven't spoken Indeed. to you for ages. So tell everyone first, why did you set up Crowd Media? What was the, was there a particular um, reason as to why you did it? Well, it's a really interesting question because so I don't actually come from a marketing or a business background. I'm actually a science engineer. Um, but we'll go back <laughs> to that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later. But um, in a nutshell, what happened was yeah. um, in 2014, so we've been around for about six years, right? So in 2014, I still was hearing people say that, you know, uh, 50% of my marketing is working. We just don't know which 50%. And I just thought that was ridiculous because especially with social media, you should be able to tell exactly what's working, um, what's not working and then, you know, change campaigns and sort of, you know, stuff like that. So I actually started helping a friend out with marketing and knowing that I don't have a marketing background, I just felt I could help her. Um, I'm a very creative person. So I was like, let me help you with your marketing campaign. And honestly, she had an agency that was working on her campaign, but she would come to me for the analytics part of it because I had a sort of a math science background. So I would sit there and give her all the analytics in terms of what she needs to change, in terms of which campaigns are working, what's not working. And I, I would literally help her after hours to help her with her business. So I thought to myself, shit, Amazing. like if we can do this, like maybe I'm onto something. So it sort of started like that. It was just like one of those things. Um, and then I'll tell you a little bit later as well how I actually started working in a, um, a web design company at the time. And and I was sort of helping them with their sales. And then I said to them in 2014 that social media is so big that we need to be part of this. And at the time, I thought it was a fad. Um, and I was pretty certain that this was going to be the long-term um, game. So basically, I, I told them to get onto it. And, yeah, and basically thought, if they're not going to do it, I'm going to do it myself. And that's how it all started. So, yeah. And here we are. <laughs> I was going to say, was there a light bulb? Was there a light bulb moment? But it sounds like it was these people saying, oh, look, it's just a fad. We're not really going to jump into it. And you thought, oh, for God's sake, like if you're not going to get yeah. into it, I'm going to do it. Well, I don't okay, research. So, talk- so oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, tell me about the research. <laughs> no, no, I was saying I did all this research at the time and I was like, this is this is going to work and this is the future. So, um, and then when I presented to them, they didn't believe it. So I just took all that and just said, I want to start an agency and do it myself. And that's what happened. So, Oh, I love it. I hope that they're kicking themselves now. All right. So <laughs> let's go right back to when Judy was a little girl. She probably didn't say when I grow up, I want to run crowded media. So oh, can you talk to me about how your life has unfolded and led to you running this amazing agency because it is an amazing amazing one 
Thank you. Um, yeah, look, it's really interesting. So I, I'm Sri Lankan background. So I grew up in a household where my dad was really strict and we all had to become a law, lawyer, a doctor, an engineer. If we're not one of those three, forget it. Like he pretty much groomed us from day dot. <laughs> yeah, he said, all my three kids will be one of those. So my sister is actually a surgeon and my brother is actually a high profile engineer. So he's done that. And I right. actually followed um, the mathematics and science route. And the funny thing is, so Oh, this is like probably oversharing, but basically when we're growing no, up no, as no kids, such thing. Um, my dad <laughs> yeah. was really strict. So we basically, you know, we come from school, we would listen to the news and then my dad would make us write the news and actually present it to him. So he's testing our listening skills, writing skills, presentation skills. So when I was like 10, seven years old, 10 years old, even 12, I was listening to the news and presenting stuff to him uh, because he was trying to groom me to become a lawyer. And he was like, my eldest one's going to be a lawyer. My second one's going to be mathematical. And my third one, which is his youngest daughter, is going to be a doctor. And he would buy like sheep's heart and sheep's brain and stuff and give it to my sister to dissect when she was like six. And she loved it, right? And Oh, my God. He was really on a mission. My dad was like over the top crazy, (laughs) right? And then he made us like we had a blackboard, we had our names and we did wrong. If we didn't get up at like, you know, 7.49, like he had things like on weird hours and we had to like dress up, we had to learn our timetables, we had to like spelling. He was just like. So, Judy, it was. but where did that come from? Like he must have had something like that with himself when he was younger. Like that that sounds so, I mean, it sounds from an adult point of view, but it sounds amazing. But it also sounds like it would drive you nuts when you were seven or eight. Uh, so but where did it come from? Where was this drive to get you all to do that? So so my dad is the eldest of, um, he's the eldest of six siblings, right? So his dad right. he's a principal of a school and um, my dad, they grew up so my mum dad grew up in Sri Lanka. They come from a very sort of sort of middle class family, um, not a lot of money and stuff at home. But you know, my dad was for yeah. him, he was grained that education's a big important thing uh, if you want to be successful in life. But unfortunately he never got right. that. So he was as the eldest, he was the one that was sort of mining like you know, they had a farm and he was on the farm, he was mining, um, you know, animals and sort of setting at the markets and things like right. that. So when he so, grew up, he didn't want us to have that in our life. And therefore he did everything in his power to groom us to become successful in his eyes. And that meant like I had to be one of those three because he felt like if you well, were one of those three, you were going to be successful. Well, he's going to be um, pretty happy now with all three of you yeah. doing great things. Different things. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's definitely proud. It took oh, a while <laughs> for me to um, – well, I still I still remember when we started the agency and, you know, we're three years in and he came into our office and there was about – you know, at that time we had about 15 staff and, you know, We've grown since, but I remember him coming, and I'm. I thought he's going to be really excited to, you know, say that I've created this this agency that I was really proud of. And he he walks out and he goes, "When are you going to get a proper job?" And it oh broke my, my heart God. at the time. And I thought to myself, "Do you realize that I actually our agency makes." Um, you know, your other your daughters and sons combined income. Like we make a lot more than what you think. And for him, it was never about the money. It was actually also about the status as well. And he wanted to tell yeah. his friends and family that we've got doctors and lawyers. And, and I said, I don't want to be part of that. So either you're going to accept me for what I'm doing or we're not going to have a, a very um, amicable relationship going forward. And, you know, come, you know, now it's been six years and he's so super proud of um, what we've achieved and he's my you know, biggest brand advocate. And um, yeah, so it's it's been an interesting journey, but it all started with amazing. Our so, but okay, so yeah, take me back. So it's yeah, yeah, what a childhood. Okay, keep going. Tell me, tell me what happened from there. 
Yeah, so that was our childhood. We're really good at maths and science because that's what we had to learn every day. So I became really um, interested in mathematical um, analytics, problem solving, all that sort of stuff. And I ended up um, getting a reasonably really high enter, ended up in Monash University, did a Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering, uh, graduated with honours wow. and thought to myself, yeah, thank you. Um, graduated and thought to myself, that's not what I really want to do, but here's the certificate, Dad, enjoy, and um, I'm going to go do my own thing. Yes, and that's, exactly. that's a turning point for me <laughs> because I wanted to make yeah. him happy, but at the same time I wanted to follow my dream. And my dream actually wasn't business either. I actually had no intention of ever running a business in my life. I wanted to become I, I, I wanted to become a consultant of some sort. And um, at the time I got sort of headhunted by a couple of the big consulting firms. And one of the ones I ended up going with was uh, Grand Thornton. So I did that for, the, I think, the fifth largest in the world at the moment. And they help businesses and wow. all sorts of stuff in accounting, finance, um, but also business consulting and stuff. So I worked with them for three years as a graduate. Um, and my job, my first week on the job, I had to interview an entrepreneur and, and honestly, Jules, ah. I had no idea what an entrepreneur was. I, I remember seeing in Google, it, I couldn't even spell it. Right. And anyway, yep. I, I had to interview this entrepreneur. And so I sat with this gentleman and we basically, um, had this chat and went for about 15, 20 minutes and basically told me about his life and what he achieved. And I thought, shit, like the impact that this person had created was just phenomenal. Like not just to his staff, but his clients, but the, the, you know, the society. And I just thought, you know what, I really love the freedom to do your own thing on your own terms. And I think that was the real big thing for me and the, the ability to impact millions of people through what you do. And I thought, I think I might be interested in going down that route. Um, however, Yay. my goal at that point, yeah, but my my goal at that time was actually not to start a business. Um, I was thinking lady, maybe, you know, late 40s, 50s. I wasn't thinking of starting something in my 20s because I thought it'd be really right. great, but let's do it a bit later in life. Let's get some experience and all that sort of but stuff. Once you but, get um, the fever. There's a major event that <laughs> took place. As I call it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, um, there's actually a pivotal point that actually took everything away. So what happened was I was, I um, was traveling overseas a lot at the time and I was taking, I was taking a 30 day holiday, a 30 day break to go on a holiday to Europe. And the day before my flight, I actually ended up in one of the biggest car accidents of my life. And I actually ended up in hospital. And I actually, I genuinely thought I was going to die. So this was one of those oh life moments where you go, Wow. Because you know, when people say to you, oh, your life flashes before you, I always thought, I always thought it was a joke. I'm like, how does that even happen? But honestly, it, it's literally what happened. I, I, I saw my death. And, um, so I was in hospital on a neck brace in a juiced coma for 30 days and yeah. Got oh out my of, goodness. My, yeah, wow. <laughs> it was pretty horrific. I can tell you there's some crazy pretty shit that happened. Um, 30 days. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, my mum was, my mum and dad, you can imagine, were petrified. And I remember coming out of all that. My mum, I remember these words that my mum said was that you got a second chance to live. What are you going to do? And that was the turning point for me to go, stuff it. I'm going to start my own, do, do my own thing now, not 30, you know, not 30 years later, right now. So, yeah. um, then I went back to work, quit my job and said, let's start an agency. But it was funny because there was a little step before starting an agency, but, um, it was like, I want to start my own business. That was a key thing that came out of that. Um, but yeah, and that's, that's what happened. Right. So, so you've you've come out of the hospital. Was there a big long recovery period? And how did you choose what kind? So you mentioned that you were helping another friend. Was yeah. that going through? Was that through your recuperation period, or yes. did you do something yes. after you after you sort of recovered? I mean, was there yeah. a, what, what was it? What was there a long recovery period? 
Yeah, there was. Um, it's totally about a, I would say six months. Um, Boy, recovery period. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because I had a, I didn't actually, I did break my ribs and stuff. So there was um, some injury there. But um, the basically what happened was I did help my friend. Um, I knew of her business before I had the car accident, but I was helping right. her during my recovery period because I had got time off. I, I was right. like doing a million things when I was working for the eight, um, you know, for the consulting firm. I'm a complete go-getter. I don't take breaks. So for me to sit and do nothing and be like, you know, recovering, it's just nothing hurts me more than being in silence and just recovering. Like that just kills me. I need to be doing something. So this was a perfect opportunity to help her out. Uh, But what I'm really good at, if you can nail one thing, I'm really, I think I'm really good at sales. Yeah. Uh, and the sales is like such a taboo these days. People just hate sales, but I absolutely love sales. And my first job out of um, like high school, before high school, was actually selling um, to the Make a Wish Foundation. I was raising all this money for them. So I really enjoy picking up the phone, cold calling, making sales. And so I ended up getting um, a job after during my recovery period. I was recovering. I got a job at a digital agency to help them with getting sales for their website SEO um, sort of campaigns. And that's where I got to get really close to sort of the marketing social media element of it because I went and pitched the idea of starting a new vertical in their agency. I said, let's start something new. Wow. Let's, I've, I've got a new revenue model for you guys. And I did this whole, like I, I actually went and did like, um, I was doing online seminars in the US because US was, uh, you know, fees ahead of us um, in yeah. sort of social media marketing. So I did all this research. I came back and said, let me build your digital arm in social media. And that was my pitch to them. And I said, I don't want to even get paid. I'm not even interested about the money. I know I could build this for you. I was that like, I was that determined to build this for them. I hope they did pay you anyway. No, I'll tell you what they did. They actually took it, um, took the idea and concept and then hired another person who worked for some (gasps) corporate company to run, um, to run it. Yeah, they did. They did. And that's when I actually resigned and I said, no, I'm going to do it my way. I I hope it was um, a disaster. (laughs) I don't hope it was, but I, I don't know. I, I, I left and I think it, I okay. think that was for me was, I think that's that was so cruel. That's so cruel is. to do that to you. It is. But I think that, I think that was important Life because if it, if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't have gone off and done my own thing. Uh, yeah, I think true. like, I think it's conviction at that point. Like, you know, it's going to work. Like there's something in you go, this is going to be big. So um, that's yeah. what we did. And, um, yeah, so, you know, yeah, that's, that's where we no, are at I, the moment. No, 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 no. Okay. So there's a whole lot of women listening going, oh, so if I want to set up an agency, I just go, okay, I'm going to set up an agency and it happens. Can you explain exactly how it unfolded? Because for a lot of women listening, yeah, yeah. Um, they're Look. either running their own business or they're thinking about starting their own business. And in which case, give them some guidance. How did it all unfold? Well, okay, it's a really crazy story, and um, this is something I've only shared with you know quite a few friends of mine, and they think it's something I should put in a book one day. But I'll, I'll share with you guys. I can't give you the intricacies of the brand names, but I'll share what happened. So, yeah, yeah. so now I've gone. So I'm this 25 year old girl sitting with like 400 dollars left in my account. I've got no money, like because everything I earned, I spent. Like that was my thing. Like I traveled yeah. a lot. I did. So I had no savings, right? So, so I'm sitting there going, I'm really angry at what this agency has done, and I want to start my own business. So I basically. Basically, um, like I went on Gumtree. I found a guy who can do a website for me for like 300 bucks. I wrote the content myself and I got him to code it. That was the first step. Then naturally I thought I need to go get an office because that's what you do, right? At 25, you're like, I just need an office now. So stupid. But 
actually it was it was a blessing in disguise. So what happens was um, across the road from the agency, so across Kingsway, so I'm in South Melbourne, across Kingsway, there was this office that was going on um, rent in, um, I was actually on Gumtree, she was looking for a tenant to come in. So I actually went and saw her and um, we had a bit of a chat. And she said to me, you can have this little room. It was like a one, it was like a two seater. And she goes, it was two and a half thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, whoa, I don't have that kind of money. So I pretty much said to her, look, I love your offering. I love your office space, but I don't have that kind of money to spend. And then I was walking out the list and I was walking towards the lobby and I was, I was about to head downstairs. And I said to her, what do you do? What's your business? Obviously you're leasing out this space for something, but what do you do? And she turns out to be a real estate lady and she's in the real estate business and hugely successful. So I literally pull out my phone right in front of her and start looking at her website. And I'm I'm like, this website is hideous. Like the branding is off. The website's off. It's not intuitive. It's not mobile friendly. So I start pitching her. I go, look, look, I don't want to tell you about your business, but I think like I can help your business. I feel like, you know, it's 2014. Like you should be revamping your website and your site. And then she goes, what do you mean? I said, look, why don't we have a chat? So we actually walk back inside <laughs> to the office. I sit there and go, shit, I've got nothing to lose here. I've just got to pitch her you know, the website yeah. stuff because I learned about websites and stuff in my previous job that I had. So I just told her everything <laughs> I need to tell her and also help her. And she loved it. She goes, send me a proposal. I'm like, I don't have a proposal. So I sat there that night. I went back home, came out with this proposal for like $6,000 for a website rebuild and wrap. Now I didn't have anyone who could do the work. So I knew that if I got the work, <laughs> I'll go find the person to do it. And so basically we came up with this agreement and she goes, $6,000 is a bit too much for me. How about we do like $4,000 and you can have the office space for six months. And I'm like, bingo, done. Right. Cause done. I, I just, you know, so I said, I've got an office space yep, now. Perfect. perfect. So what happens is so she becomes my first client. I then go on to Gumtree cause I couldn't pay for seek or anything. And I found this web developer who built my first website, but he couldn't build a new one. So I found another person on Gumtree to build the second website. So we ended up getting her as the first client. And then I'm sitting there, this is like a week in, I'm sitting there, I'm reading the AFR and I'm reading the AFR and there's this ad of a car company on the, on the inside of the paper. It's like, and they, so I rang up AFR and I said, how much is this ad? And they're like, it's about 10 grand. And I said, okay, no worries. So I hung up and then I went to a couple of people in the building. So, so I became really good friends with everyone in this building. So I went to 10 people and I said, can you go through this AFR? And they all flicked through the AFR. And it's like, you know, I think it was like 40 pages or something. And then they gave it back to me and I said, Hey, there was an ad of a car, a car company had put $10,000 of advertising in here. Can you tell me which one it was? And none of them could tell me. And then I'm gone, oh my God. So you guys have spent $10,000 on this ad, but none of you guys could actually like remember the ad. They didn't even remember there was a car company in there. So I actually yeah. rang up the car company and I said, hey, you just put like this, I can't tell you the car company because actually a funny story comes with that. But I've just said, you've put all this money into the advertising on this um on this inside of this page, but no one actually sees it. No one actually knows that you have been there. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm just telling you, I just did a little focus group study on 10 people and they couldn't actually even know that you had this ad. And they said, okay, so what do you recommend? I said, look, we actually are a social media agency. This is going to take off. You need to be on social digital. You need to be doing all this stuff. They said, no worries. I actually made a meeting. So I actually got a phone meeting on the spot with this very prestigious luxury brand Yep. went into their meeting the week after. So when you have nothing to lose, you just go crazy. Like you, like <laughs> you got nothing say to lose. Fake, yeah. I've got nothing to lose. Like if they say no, great. If I don't make any sales next month, great. No, I'm, off. Off space. I'm all right. Right. So anyway, I rock up to this meeting and 
the, the only thing that was going for me at the time was I had really nice suits because a grand thought and we all had to dress up a million dollars. Right. So I rocked up to this, um, <laughs> to this car company. I basically pitched them this whole idea of social media and I gave them like a rundown of what they need to achieve. And they were really excited about it. And, um, they said, who's in your team? And this is where I was like, Oh my God, because it's just me. <laughs> um, so I said, we have a team of writers and copywriters and social media people. And all of it was pretty much me at the time. But, um, they said, look, we're really excited, but we want to come and meet your team. And I was like, Oh no, oh, <laughs> my God. Okay. So what happened was, um, okay, this is where, you know, a lot of people here could probably judge me on this, but I'm going to just tell you as it is. This Not is me. Why this is it, such right? a classic entrepreneur <laughs> like, story. As this far is as like I'm crazy. <laughs> so I go back to my office and I go, this little shoebox is amazing for me, but, this particular company is not going to be happy with this. Like it's all about perception. So I became friends with a lady who owned all of like Albert Park Lakeside. Like she's still in the building, but her views of like, it was just, you know, unparalleled views of Albert Park, South Melbourne. And she later on, I'll tell explain to you, she's actually my mentor even six years later. And she basically said to me, Judy, if you want our space, you can have it. It's actually a storage room at the moment. So if you're willing to clean up this whole space and make it into an office, it's yours. So I had three days to clear out the storage room. And basically I became friends with this guy downstairs who was repairing computers. So I basically said, I need to borrow 15 computers and I need to make this storage, this storage space into a fully functioning agency in the next couple of uh, Amazing. Days. So I went to Officeworks, printed out a whole bunch of banners and motivational quotes. <laughs> I got, and all my girlfriends are working at the time, right? So no one can come in. So I got one of my awesome girlfriends who are part of my life for the last, you know, 15 years. I said, I just need you to help me out on the day. So I got one person. And I had, like, within two days, we had literally created this agency that looked amazing. It looked a million dollars. Like, you, you, you feel, I've actually got photos of it somewhere. It just, you wouldn't believe that this was an agency. Like, you, you couldn't tell the difference, right? So we had all these 15, we had 15 computers and Universal Magazine was also in our building at the time. So we got got all these magazines. We made it into an agency look and feel, right? But the problem was there's no people. So what I did was I put an ad on Gumtree looking for a receptionist and we had 15, 20 people apply within a day. And I've gone, right, if we get this gig, I'm going to hire a receptionist. But right now I need 15 people in this room to make it look like we have an agency. And that's what we did. So we hired, like we had this, um, we put out a a thing for a receptionist, all these 15 people rocked up in suits. And I got my good friend, I said, you need to run the show here on the back end. So basically what she did was she put all these 15 people on these computers and said, write a story as to why you want to be accepted into our agency. The client walks in and I'm like, nervous like because I'm like this is like either going to work or it's going to backfire so I, I bring the client in and he comes with his boss and he's there's three of them coming through the agency they open the doors and they see these 15 people working on their computers they can see that we're a fully functioning team they walk out we go to the boardroom and I'm sitting there going let's do it like because deep down I know I could deliver like with or without yeah. anyone I just knew I could deliver they just wanted to see a team and I knew if we got the client we'll actually build the team so it was one of those yep. chicken and egg stories right so anyway we're having this meeting and my mentor Kathy she was also in the meeting as well and we closed it and we closed the deal and that was our second client and then we actually legitimately went and co- like hired staff yeah, and hired the people and but but to this day, they never knew about it. And we've delivered amazing results for them. And, you know, they, they are so proud of what we've done for them. But 
that was a turning point for me because had we not done that, we wouldn't have got it. It was a very creative way of, it's just self-belief. It came down to the point where I knew a hundred percent I could do it. So I haven't told anyone about it. That is, <laughs> so I hope the listeners well, are not thinking, just that, the, you know, I've screwed it. But look, as, as someone, no, you know, when you're starting no, no. out, um, you really have to just, um, like, I just knew I could do it. Like, I think that's what it came down to. And obviously we don't do anything like that now. We have a lot more to lose on the line. And we, you know, we're very transparent with everything we do. And we've grown to a very successful agency. And it's not because um, I think it's like, the way we've done things is out of the box. Um, like even like getting that first paper and getting that first, looking at that company and inside of an AFR magazine, I think it's just that when you have less money, you have no money, you are super creative. And I think that sometimes when people are looking to raise money and stuff, and we're actually in the process of doing that for one of our other businesses, I think that having nothing makes you um, go further in life sometimes. And yeah, so that's how we started the Absolutely. That is the, the, that is – that is a absolute classic entrepreneur startup story. I love it, love it, love it. That's brilliant, Judy. Okay, so so you've had the agency since then, really, have you? And and that's your main yeah, business. Yep. That and you've just uh, grown it and uh, grown it. Bread okay. and butter. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, in okay. two thousand and uh, we we do have other additions to the business, but that's that's the main business. Yeah. Amazing. So um, because this is a podcast about women and women in business and she bosses, I always yep. like to ask the question whether there were any women that helped you along the way and if so, how they've helped you. So obviously uh, somebody who looms large in your life is the woman that um, owned the building that helped yeah. you, the real estate woman. Are there any others that you can think of and, and how have they helped you? Because you just hear a lot of stories about bitchiness, I guess, in corporate yeah. land and in business. Yeah. And, and I believe that there are a lot of other women that are helping other women as well. But look, am I, I wrong? No, I think, <laughs> look, personally, I, I had the same opinion as well. You know, I like I think I'm um, a lot closer to men um, in terms of like, uh, like all my friends are generally like boys from high, um, not high school, but from university. Cause having done engineering was like five women to like 300 men. So, yeah, a lot of, absolutely, so I've always absolutely. resonated closer to them, but I, I think there is a lot of, um, I think people do say there's a lot of bitchiness among women, but I, I don't think that's to be true, to be honest. I, I've have experienced that um, once in my life, but majority of the time, I don't think it's true. I think the biggest role models in my life have obviously been my mom. She's such a powerful, strong, um, willed woman. And she's taught me a lot of things about going after what you want, even though it may not be the most popular opinion amongst others. She's always said, don't worry about pleasing everyone. You just do what you want to do because at the end of the day, you're the ones accountable for yourself. I think that's yeah. a big lesson I learned from her. My sister is an absolute go-getter. Like she's five years younger than me, but so much she's, she's achieved so much in such a short period of time. So she's someone that I always look up to. Uh, from a professional sense, I think Kathy Valances is her name. She's played a big part in my success. Like she believed in me when, you know, at the very beginning when there is nothing to believe in, like you've got this girl that has this concept. <laughs> who can't pay office rent, who is like living paycheck to paycheck. Like, you know, uh, like my journey has been really hard. Like there are times when, you know, you've, you're all in or you're all out. I'm not half in, half out. And I think like, you know, she's seen me struggle 
there are times when we lost everything and we start start again. So she's been there with me the whole time and she still is and she's a big part of my life. In fact, she made, she baked me Freons this morning. So I'm in the office this morning and she came oh. in with a box of Freons and I have it right here. So um, so she's just an incredible person. Amazing. So I think I've learned a lot from her. But I think I look, I read a lot of podcasts. I, sorry, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books. And I think that there's been a lot of women that I have been able to sort of learn from about. So I'm not necessarily meet up with them, but um, I'm a mentor myself now. This year I've started doing mentoring for other women. I think women are such a powerful force when they come together and when we can all help each other grow, we have so much knowledge, right? And I think that if we can all come together and help each other, we'll, we'll, there'll be such a better place, um, you know. And I think recently I read an article that women CEOs are able to increase their shareholder value by significant percent. I don't know the exact oh, yeah. numbers. There's so much stuff no, coming huge- out there, right? Like. Yeah. That's right. And also about female founders and the ROI yeah. that Amazing. they get, you know, for investors and things. So, yes, there's definitely, I feel, Amazing. something coming in. And uh, if you start listening to this series or watching the She's the Boss series, you'll see these women. And we're yeah. all talking about, like, the rise of the feminine. There's definitely something shifting yeah. in the air at the moment. Wait. Okay. <clears throat> so you just mentioned I was, I was going to talk to you about pivotal moments because often – well, either a success or a failure can go, can mean that you shift, have to sort of, you know, be agile and move in a whole other direction. You just talked about the fact that you nearly lost everything a couple of times. Can you yeah. talk to me about um, one or two of the situations yeah. that have happened and what you've learned from that going forward? You know, we'll see if we can help other women. Yeah, look, I think I think uh, a big underlying thing in all of this is that I so I grew up in a very strong Christian family as well. So I have a lot of faith. Um, yeah. I'm very led by faith. I, I'm a strong. I'm a believer of you know Jesus, and I I'm a Sunday church goer. Like I go to church every Sunday, and I still like I love my Good church. On you. Um, Planet Shakers, a shout out to them. But I I believe that. Um, that when things get tough, it just makes you stronger. Like I'm a strong believer in the fact that things need to go wrong to get better sometimes. And so two, yeah, two, three years in the business, I I think like our focus was on growth. Like when I started the agency, I was like, you know, you have this, there's something about you. You just go, I want to hit that first million dollars in sales in the first 12 months. Then you've done that. You go, okay, I want to help. I want to help. And you just keep going. And it's crazy, right? Like you just have, you set all these barriers. I love your goals though. They're not small. I mean, no, no. If you're going to yeah. go, go big. What's the point, right? So so <laughs> yeah. I was like, and then it was like these other audacious goals that we had. We want to win awards. We want to be this. We want to be that. And we had these goals. And what, what happened was, and this is an honest story, is that we lost focus of our clients, our early clients. We fo- lost focus on, we were delivering what we said we would do, but there was a lack. There was something in there that was, I call it as like, like the care in terms of like, yes, you're paying us X amount a month and we've done everything we said. Here's a report to prove it. And they were happy with it. But for me, it's always about, you know. Wasn't that extra bit, it was that like, extra little secret sauce. Where's the wow factor? Like where's the extra yeah. source that I promised that I would do for my clients from the start and we missed that. So when things went down, we had um, what happened was a lot of the clients loved what we were doing, but they were we were very expensive in the sense that they wanted to take that stuff in-house. So what we've noticed is that, we grew so fast and three years in, we actually lost a lot of clients as well. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say it's because we did something wrong necessarily. Like I do take ownership of the things that we didn't do, but I think it's also because 
we weren't adding more and more and more value. The agency model is that you can't stick to the same thing month on month on month. You need to be like yeah. taking them on a, and they want to be, you know, surprised and delighted. And then there's lots of like, it's a hard, it can be a hard um, a journey. Right. But I think when yeah. we hit rock bottom, we had lost clients. We had, we actually had uh, two massive clients that actually went under and we had lost money. So we actually, so I was like, it's look, it w- went over a period of six months. Freaking um, out. <laughs> yeah, I was freaking, freaking out. out. And the thing is, I should have seen the writing on the wall and I didn't. And I think that's where a real good mentor comes in. Like at the time, I wasn't focused on anything else but this one thing I had in mind. And I wanted to achieve that so badly that I didn't actually see what was happening. And when you're running the company at the start, you are the marketing head, you're the, di- like, you're the director, you're the salesperson, you're everything. But when you start growing, you have a whole team underneath you. And if you don't have an eye on what's happening underneath you, you can lose track of where you're heading very quickly. So that's right, what happened. Good advice. And yep. I think that uh, if I had the right structure and systems in place back then, I think we would have avoided that. We would have seen alarm bells very quickly um, on client acquisitions and things like that. We would have seen and, and that. And so, what what sort of uh, what sort of um, assurance systems have you got in place now? Like, what was the learning out of this? Oh, we've got our system. Our system now is so like it's. We spent months building our, uh, you know, our process and our systems and stuff. Everything we do in the agency is all recorded. Uh, it's got videos. Like any new recruits, they go through a rigorous two-week training process. Right. Um, we have like metrics on like, um, you know, what's working, what's not working. We have issues with like, for example, we look at ROI very closely. We look at our clients' ROI very closely. Back in the day, you know, we didn't have a big. Uh, um, eye on finance and I think finance I think as entrepreneurs we're often not focused on like the P&L and the balance sheet we leave it to our um, you know um, a bookkeeper to do it and then you come at the end of yeah. the quarter when you're doing your best you're like oh my gosh like what um, so having a regular eye on that so I actually have that Oz as one of my daily routines that I have a very close eye on everything that's happening in the agency from a, from a, like a helicopter view oh, that's smart um, yeah yeah, yeah, you have to do that. So we, so basically, going back to three years, we hit rock bottom. We had no money. We couldn't pay. We had to like I, like everything I had, I paid like my staff. I sold my car. I, I actually even sold like jewelry that I had. Like it was just oh so bad. Goodness. I had no money. <laughs> um, we ended up on two minute noodles. Um, and it was like yeah, like no money in the bank. But you didn't give up, Judy. Like in your bank. Yeah, yeah, but no, you didn't, I didn't give up, and, and a lot I of people would have gone and got a job at that. And I imagine the pressure from your mum or dad at that stage was really strong about, okay, when are you going to understand it didn't work? Go and get a yeah. job. And you were like, yeah. no, nah, I'm going to beg that's borrow a skill to keep this going. Yeah, that's what happened <laughs> because I didn't want them to be happy with the fact that, like, I didn't want them to go told you so. And I just did, I yeah, could not handle yeah. that. And I thought I will do whatever it takes to bring <laughs> this up again. And so I would say there was a reset um, button in like, in my life at that point, it was to really yep. go, what do you actually want to create? Because, you know, by this stage, we had won all these awards, we're in the media, we're killing it. Like we had, we ticked off all that, all that sort of, all that yep. um, stuff. And we thought, you know what? let's forget about all that and let's focus on what exactly do we want to build in the next five to 10 years. And that was the sort of reset that took me a week to just really get focused on that again. And there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of uh, sleepless nights, and there was a lot of uh, uh, bet. crying to oh, bed. That's a, that can, and, yeah, yeah, that's, um, that can be very, very and, stressful. And then praying, <laughs> meditation and prayer was a big thing for me at that point. Um, but then when we came back, um, 
I was like, I'm going to make this the best agency. Um, so yeah, that's what we did. It was like, we had to go through that really dark moment. You are really, you are so amazing. Okay. So now when you're as driven as you are, and I know that you're very driven, um, and obviously you have your faith and you have those sorts of things as time out, but how do you juggle your work and giving yourself that time out? If there's anything I've learned from She's the Boss and from interviewing 40 successful women is it blows my mind how many women have had burnout, like literally have had health issues that have changed the course of their lives. So I know it's super important to get that balance. Um, have you got any? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think like prior to us falling on our knees and about to, you know, pretty much die. Um, I was, I was that woman. I was like working, you know, 60, 80 hours a week. And when people say that you don't really think about it, like it's actually, it's true. Like if someone rang me 3am in the morning, I'm working, like I have no understanding of what's happening around me. My relationship was going down the drain. There was a lot of issues. Your health is sort of like, you know, you don't think about your health. You just keep charging on like I've never taken a six day six day in my life like I'm always charging through things and I just you know yeah. and you do burn out it's true uh, I think what I do now is very different like I am like I think the biggest challenge that I've always had is I'm like I think it's the because we live in a world of instant gratification. We need to get into things now. We need to answer that email right now. We need to like look at yep. that Facebook post. I, I completely don't do that um, anymore. And I, I have a very tight schedule. I do things in five minute blocks. So when I'm looking at um, meetings, I go, yep, 10 minute meeting, 15 minute meeting, nothing more than that. Like I think that I tried to chunk everything down very quickly because I feel like I could do more if I organize my time properly. I don't need to be staying up at three o'clock in the morning doing, you know, proposals and campaigning and stuff like that for the next, you know, I I don't have to be doing that. So I think like just organizing my time better has been a big thing. But I think for me, I meditate every single day, my morning. So I started around about 5 a.m. I'm out by right. five. I do I, because of COVID and stuff. I did end up putting on a bit of weight, so I had to find a way to get rid of that fast. <laughs> so I, yes. I jog, I run, I exercise every day, at least thirty minutes a day. I just need to get that. That charges me in the morning. Um, I do boxing as well. Boxing has been the best thing you could do if you're running an agency. Like it's stressful, <laughs> right? Like you uh, want to punch something. So, um, so the. the <laughs> You have no idea. I was on a phone with a client once and he was just doing my absolute head in, but it was just, I love him, but he was just, he wasn't, he wasn't sure what yeah, he wanted just, to do. And then we told him and I was boxing at the same time and it really helped. So, um, yeah, so look, I think, <laughs> I, I think the best, <laughs> the best way to balance is prioritize you first. At the end of the day, you are the leader, you are, you are the leader of this company, right? And if you can't perform at your hundred percent, how do you expect everyone else to? And so we encourage all our staff to take time off. And now with COVID, they are working from, you know, their own homes and things like that. But, um, and you yourself, I, are you giving yourself weekends and things like that now? Off? Yeah. Yeah. So, I work six days a week. I don't touch anything on Sundays. Um, Sunday is my day to relax, recoup, and it's also uh, it's my faith day, and I spend time yeah. in prayer and meditation. Um, I finish work at the, the like I don't get like I need to get out of the office by eight p.m. every day because I was working till late. So eight p.m. is like the cutoff time for me. Um, yeah. so it gives me another five hours to spend time at home and family and stuff. But um, but yeah, I get up at five. I I, I actually. 
like on my phone, I schedule in walk time. So lunchtime, I need to go for a walk for an hour. Like um, my office is off, off uh, um, it's, it's actually opposite Albert Park. So I do a whole lap around Albert Park or jog. So I have forced myself to put in into my diary to walk, to oh, read. Good woman. I read, I read every day. Um, I'm always reading a new book every, uh, you know, every couple of weeks. And um, I really enjoy that. That's all my time. And I love drawing. I love art. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of things I do outside of work now. I force myself to do it and I really enjoy it because okay. I want to, yeah, I want to come into work the week after fully charged and it's, yeah. So I do yeah. Right. Well done. Well, so that just leads me to, and you may not even have one, but I ask everyone, a journalist told me about asking this question. It's so good. So is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about? I mean, you've told us a few things today, but is there something funny in your past or that you can do or um, yeah, that, that most yeah. people don't know about that you'd be up for sharing? <laughs> Well, one thing I'm really good at that most people won't even know about me is that I can unpick a lot of locks. So I have this habit oh of picking God, locks. Yeah. How did you even so, learn that? <laughs> so my dad, many years ago, many, many years ago, he goes, because we grew up on that sort of regime schedule, but we all had to learn, like we had to learn music. We had to learn, like we all played a musical instrument. We all had to learn another language and also, and we also had to play another sport. But in between our holiday breaks, my dad would go, I want you guys to learn something new. And then everyone had their idea of learning something new. And my thing was I was fascinated about picking locks. And I'm like, how do people? <laughs> pick up locks. So That's I really quirky. Whole, it is good. Yeah, so I have a whole kit at home on how to unpick locks. <laughs> and I encourage you like guys a burglar that you can unroll with all the sort yeah. of, you know, the bits that do this and then, oh, my God. It's crazy. It's crazy. And Amazon, and Amazon actually sells a kit for 20 bucks. So if you've got kids at home and you want to keep them uh, occupied, you can buy a kit for 20 bucks on Amazon on how to unpick locks. And they come with a clear <laughs> lock and it comes with all the little bits and pieces and you can play around with it. And it's so much fun. So I'm really good at that. And the second thing I'm, I think I'm really pretty cool at, at, at is probably um, completing a Rubik's cube in six and a half minutes. I've learned oh like the seven goodness. algorithms and I could complete, I'm trying to get it down to about four or five, um, but I can definitely That's uh, complete amazing. a Rubik's cube. So those are two things I could think of. Yeah. They are fantastic. I love the picking <laughs> locks. I mean, that's just, so tell me, and, and, and we're just about at the end, but tell me, is it true, you know, on TV that you see people slide a credit card in and do some wiggle and it just yes. opens the door? Is yes. that really yes, possible? Yes, yes. yes I've oh, done wow. that. I have okay. done that. I've, done, I've actually done that in the office because I left my um, my keys at home and I've got, and you know how to break into your the, own office. I do. It actually depends on the type of lock you have. I mean, there are so many different variations, but the one that we have in our office, I shouldn't be saying this, but yes, yeah, so you can jam a credit card in and actually open Well, let's up. not say where your office is then. <laughs> in, case in case there are any women, women pick lock pickers who are listening. All right, last couple of questions, and this is awesome. not related to anything other than I absolutely yep. love my phone and apps, yes. so I always ask everyone, are there two apps that you could name that you use for business on your phone? Oh, for business. Okay. Um, I'll ask you about fun afterwards, but I just wonder yes, if there's yes, anything okay. you know that you can share with people that are great. So, so go for it. Yeah. So if you, I mean, if you, I mean, if you're scheduling, like if you've got like social media campaigns and stuff that you're running, you want to have an app, there's one called Sked, S-K-E-D. I really enjoy that one because I mean, I don't really do any of this work anymore, but my team does it and I get to see what they're doing. So it's, an, it's a sort of a helicopter view of all the campaigns that you're running and all the posts that are going out and the times they're going out and the, the engagement you can get and stuff. So it's a good way to sort of have a look at what's going on with that. What's um, it called? Skid. We also have a number of 
Sked. Sked, S-K-E-D. Yep. Skedugram. It used to be called yep, Skedugram. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's called S-K-E-D. Oh, yeah. It's a really good one. Um, I try not to have a lot of apps on my phone because I just – I feel like I get distracted with different pop-ups yeah. and notifications. So I've got very limited apps on my phone. But the second one I, I have is like obviously our, in, our invoicing system. So that's the one that I can basically check like where we are from a business. It's sort of a business health check. So we've got a number of them. So Zoho yeah. is one of them. Um, you know, we look at our zero and all that sort of stuff as well. But I think from like financial sort of point of view, I have some of the apps to just measure the the health of the business and how we're tracking financially. Um, um, you are just the most ideal sort of CEO entrepreneur. You've got all the right skills. You've got the right attitude. There is absolutely zero doubt in my mind that you will do whatever you want to do in life and that this thanks, the crowd media Thank is you. just, the, I'd say it's just the tip of the iceberg for what you're going to do. So Thank what you. an interesting woman to interview. Now, if anyone wants to get hold of you, what's the best way? Uh, Instagram, uh, Judy Say Hey, so J-U-D-Y-S-A-H-A-Y. Uh, LinkedIn, yeah. um, you can find me on LinkedIn um, and Twitter as well, so J-U-D-Y-S-A-H-A-Y on Twitter. It's the same. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has just been absolutely wonderful. I can't wait to get it out there. And Thank um, you, I will, yeah. yeah I brilliant. hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.